I'm recording. Are you recording? I am recording. So I'm going to go. Go. Prepare to Enterprise. Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Energize. And welcome to Fuck Me Up, Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea. And I am Oshin. So today we're discussing Enterprise Season 2, Episode 19 and 20, Judgment and Horizon, respectively. So let's start with Judgment. After Enterprise lends aid to a group of accused rebels, Captain Archer faces tribunal a tribunal and charges of conspiring against the Klingon Empire. How how are we feeling? How are we feeling? It was okay. I usually like a courtroom drama, but this was not a good one. Can you repeat that? I said I usually like a courtroom drama. Okay. I understood. I usually don't like it, but this was a good one, and I'm like, no, no, no I'm not no, taking no, that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I felt like this was. I, I didn't like it. I have in my notes that it was an okay episode, and it was, but I didn't like it. I feel like with many of these episodes that we don't like, or that I don't like personally, I always say, it could have been so much better, but it wasn't. <laughs> like, I feel like that's my go-to. I don't even think this could have been better. I think seeing the episode from the perspective of the alien species is an, an interesting perspective to but why why did it have to be the Klingons? We already know what they think. Anything is against the Empire. I think Star Trek has fucked up how to deal with the Klingons. And it never got them right. Because Klingons are the, the biggest example. Well, they're one of the big examples of Star Trek's alien races always being the same. And even in this episode, Archer's advocate, Kolos, I think? Criticizes Archer. You didn't believe all Klingons were soldiers. I guess I did. Uh. And of course he did, because that's all we ever know of Klingon. That's all Klingons are, is they're warmongers in every single series of Star Trek that we've ever seen. And this is set before all those other series. I mean, it makes sense, in a way, that all they know is the soldiers, because those are the ones up there in space fighting for the... Klingon Empire's expansion and whatever. Like, I don't see why a teacher would be up in space. Yeah. So it makes sense to me, personally, that that's all they know. But it's kind of rude to assume that that's all they are. Because it's as if you're in the middle of a war zone. Like, you're an alien and you land in the middle of a war zone and you're like, oh, so this planet is all full of people fighting. And it's like, no, it's like you're in a situation where that's what you're going to see, but that's not what we are. I agree to an extent, but we've met Klingons in other environments and other situations outside of war. I mean, Worf was a Klingon member of Starfleet. Um, well, I don't know him. 
I know of him, but yeah. I don't know him. But Klingons are an empire, and they've got war. And yet, every time I see Klingons, I'm like, how do these guys have war? Where are their scientists? Kolos, the advocate, says his, I think his mother was a professor, or yeah. a scien- was a scientist. He's an advocate. And I just don't understand, because we never see that. We never see any diversity in their culture. We only ever see them. And maybe that's because we only ever meet them in war. But Kolos is trying to tell us that this is a recent development, that Klingon culture was actually quite advanced, and it recently kind of devolved into this warmongering, and everyone wants to be a soldier. But everything I know of Klingons from previous series suggests that they've always been like this, their religion is based around a warrior. I mean, this is first, so if it's a, a couple a couple hundred years, the new generations of Klingon may not know that it wasn't like that before, and they think that that's how it is. Like, it makes sense for this episode to be in this show, and it wouldn't make sense for this episode to be in, like, the new generation shows, because it wouldn't make sense chronologically, but it makes sense that in this episode we're like, yeah, we used to be normal, you know, there used to be other works, and now everybody wants to be a soldier. So, I think if this episode was done differently, it would have been a good episode. Like, I would like to see more of the Klingons that are not soldiers, because I don't give a shit about soldiers. Yeah, the Klingons in the crowd at the court. Who are they? And what do they do? Soldiers. Because I don't know if this is it's I don't know if it's a military tribunal or just a regular court tribunal. I don't know. If they're soldiers they're they're very very disciplined. And then there are just ideas in this episode so like the whole court itself and how biased it is that completely fly in the face of Klingon obsession with honor. For me, yeah. that's how I see it. But yeah. It just yeah, Star Trek's never done enough for me to explore, actually, these other cultures. They always just kind of give you a very surface, cardboard, cut-out version of them without going in-depth. Maybe occasionally with species like Vulcans, you get a bit more but with these cultures like Klingons or the Ferengi. There's never, ever much exploration. Yeah, I think they do it for all alien species. Like... This species is the violent one. This species is the logical one. And when it d- starts not making sense, as we've discussed previously with the Vulcans and their non-emotional, quote-unquote, emotional reactions, you're like, but they're supposed to be logical and emotionless, but they are full of emotions. It's like, oh, j- don't think about it. Yeah. And you're like, but it doesn't make sense because they're the logical ones and you're you're painting them as the logical ones. If you told us they try to be logical, but sometimes, you know, they're still human, quote-unquote. Like, they're still their previous selves, and they still have a residual emotion laying dormant that can't come out in certain situations. We would be like, oh, so it's not a plot hole. Yeah. It's like a thing that happens sometimes, because they're people, too. So, yeah, but it, I think they do it with everybody, not just the Klingons. Yeah, no, they definitely they definitely do do it with the other races as well. I just find it annoying. And in an episode like this, where the whole point is to show us these other cultures and give us an insight into actually how they function as a society with their justice system, it just always falls flat because they can't... It's like they have to stick with this 
like I said, surface level portrayal of the villains that they have. They're always afraid to actually give us some insight and make them a bit more, I don't know, accurate or, or give them more of a culture. Because as well, one of the big things that really annoyed me about this episode is that it is Archer is very much the human savior arriving and showing these this culture how to act and how to actually have a lot of integrity and it doesn't help and also white yeah but i think they also do that with star trek oh yeah it's a very star trek thing yeah like the humans are the good ones you know yeah no of course because we've got rid of all our problems by now we don't have discrimination can you please tell us how star trek at star trek i'm talking to you directly how do we do that yeah tell us but yeah i just i i like they could have they just could have had kolos be a decent advocate from the get-go why did they have to have him start out as to show that he was being coerced by the new regime but he's not even being coerced he's just apathetic yeah but because he's submitting to the to the new regime. Yeah, I know. But like, I he mean, knows that there's nothing he can do to make them change their mind. And then this human comes along and he's like, but you didn't even try that. Yeah. It's very frustrating that the show has to make that choice without deciding. I would have also liked if he hadn't been Archer. Yeah, 100%. Like, does it make sense that it's the captain? Yeah. But they could have literally, like, it doesn't need to be the captain because they could have just taken anybody from the ship. Also, do they explain how they actually caught him? I don't think it does. And I don't understand why they wouldn't have the entire crew on trial, not just the captain. Right. I mean, it it would make more sense that everybody on the ship was condemned or facing the charges of conspiring against the the Empire because everybody on the ship helped the captain, basically. Like, nobody opposed the captain. So everybody's yeah. agreeing with him. But, like, in a military situation like that, my understanding, as, as a military expert, as you know, um, <laughs> well, I'm a white yeah. man, so I obviously know. But you don't just arrest the commanding officer. You take all... Mem- you take all officers prisoner. You don't just let them go because oh, well, they were just following orders. They're fine. We'll just we'll just arrest the guy who was giving the orders. That's not how that works. How did it work with the Nazis? Because I'm sure that I mean I know that some Nazis ran away, but did they all face charges? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent. I know a lot of them did, but I don't know. I mean, like in terms of during the war, if there was like a battle and the Allies captured a Nazi base, they would have all obviously been taken prisoner. They wouldn't have just let the subordinates go because they were following orders. After the war, I don't know. Okay. It just, my head went to Hitler offing himself and <laughs> being like, okay, so now what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happens to prisoners of war after war. I don't know if there's a negotiated release. I hope not. I hope they all rot. Well, I mean, I know they didn't all rot in hell, but... Yeah. I hope they all rot in hell. Of course. But yeah, it would make sense. I just imagine this, but the the person facing the ch- like, they just take one, okay, which doesn't make sense. But like, let's imagine they just take one person. Like the first person they they catch is the one that they judge for for the crimes. Imagine if it had been like Hoshi, 
and Hoshi was there in a room full of fucking Klingons shouting. And she's like, but we didn't do nothing wrong. I think it would have been a better episode, which again goes to my, I think this episode could have been better, but it wasn't because any change could have been better than what we got. Yeah, I can understand why it had to be Archer, but I wish it had been. Yeah, me too. Also, in general, just do you like courtroom dramas? Are they something that you would put on? I mean, I literally told you yesterday I miss uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I um, didn't even make that I connection. Mean, yeah, I mean, I di- they're very different, so I don't blame you. But I did have my Suits era. Oh, wow. I didn't finish. Yeah, not surprised. I'm surprised you ever watched it. You constantly surprise me with your taste in in eras. Listen, I was young and I didn't know better. <laughs> I mean, there's not even is there is there queer baiting in that that you can even justify? I don't know. No, I don't no. Know I think I was just interested in the drama. I like drama. And what about movies like Kill a Mockingbird, A Few Angry Men, Good Few Men? Sorry, I haven't seen those. Okay. I don't know. I think it depends on it's on a case to case basis. Like on a show to show or a film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't mind. Like, I prefer lawyer shows to police shows. Fair. But I think, I think the problem with this is that this is trying to be a really good courtroom drama. Um, the key to every courtroom drama is the big reveal at the end. The revelation of testimony or evidence that comes to light proves key in solving the whole case. The key to solving the whole case here is basically Kolos actually did some research <laughs> and looked at Archer's history. Surely they looked at his history before arresting him, or when they arrested him, and they would have seen, oh, well, he actually did help us with this potential civil war, etc. Actually, that would have all come up when they arrested him. Also, the, the happy ending, quote-unquote, is because they blackmailed. <laughs> A politician, like it wasn't even yeah. fair. Like he's he's helping the the Klingon Empire previously didn't do shit because they ended up having to blackmail someone to get him off the planet. Yeah, that ending of them. Like imagine Law and Order, they get a killer and they're like, oh, but actually you're not that bad because you killed this person. Yes, but. You fed the homeless, and you have a charity shop. So let's just make you do like some labor, some no prison, just some labor. And then he blackmails a politician and gets off scot free. Like, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't even get off. They they literally break out, which I presume yeah. is not going to go down well. I mean, he's a diplomatic officer who'd been arrested and placed in prison. I can't imagine the Klingon Empire is going to react well to that. Well, I mean, that's why they pay the the thing, the the person. Yeah, but I he's not going to cover He would up. cover... He just lets reading to help them break out. I would assume it's a double deal. Like, you can go in and I'll make it seem like he died or something. I don't know. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I mean, they didn't say. I'm just assuming, like, if you're going to make him be able to leave, might as well cover... I think you're giving them more credit than they deserve. Listen, I try. This is Enterprise. I try! <laughs> um, how pissed off, though, would you be, okay, if you'd had a change of heart, gotten all this integrity, and actually put up probably one of the best defenses of your career, 
and then obviously it goes to shit and they exile them anyway. And then you stand up for them and get yourself a year in prison doing the right thing. And then they just fuck off, escape. They leave you behind. They wanted to take him with them. And he was like, nah. I mean, like, I get why he stayed. Because if he goes with them, probably never return thing on Empire again. Right, yeah. I mean, I would have been pissed off if they didn't offer to take me with them. Yeah. But because they did, I would be like, it's my choice. I would never have stayed, though. Doing manual labor on a frozen planet? <laughs> Don't count with me. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add, really? Just that the the shot we got of Klingon. Uh, I, I, I don't know what Klingon planet is called. Klingon planet. I feel it's like, like called Kronos or something. Oh, yeah, Kronos. It is Kronos, is it? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Let's, let's call it Kronos anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It is Kronos now. The shot we got of Kronos uh, reminded me of Mordor. Yeah, it looked like it looked like Mordor, but I guess they are kind of like the Mordorish creatures of the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Again, just just with the advocate, I wish I wish he'd been a good advocate in the time. Because when he first arrived, I was actually unsure. It's like, oh, is this guy actually going to try and help Archer, or is he going to be the classic? I'm just going to keep silent and tell you to keep silent, and then we're just going to get through this, and you're going to go to jail. Which is what he turned out to be, but I would have liked if they just did something more interesting with him. The the rebels, the lead, the are the the rebels, the refugees, the leader of the refugees. Like for a fraction of a second, I thought it was Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. He would have been a baby, right? How old is he? Well, no, because this was two thousand and two when Big Bang Theory started. Well, well, maybe what big two thousand six, two thousand seven. Oh, he's fifty. Oh my god. I thought he was younger. Fifty. Oh <gasps> Andrea, he's now older than Scott Bakula was when he made the show. That's fucking crazy. And now we're going on to Horizon, episode twenty, where Ensign Travis Mayweather takes leave when Enterprise rendezvous with the cargo ship Horizon, his childhood home. The family reunion is bittersweet. Now what the fuck made you so angry about this episode? There are so many things that I didn't like, but nothing made me, like, angry. I don't understand this. This I was furious. I was furious. Is it because of Trip and Topol? Yes. Yeah. It's the most egregious example of cock-blocking I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's worse than cock-blocking. He literally steals Trip's date. He does. We, we so get does. two scenes. I was so excited, Andrea. I was I was so excited because we open with Travis, you know, all that Travis stuff, and then we get a scene with Trip and T'Pol in engineering, and he's trying to coerce her into the 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 movie night, and he's being all flirty and oh, you like it? It's a good experience. And I was like, yes, it is happening. We are on. And then there's another scene somewhere where again he's kind of. He's like, she's kind of chickening out and he's trying to persuade her. And literally that scene, Trip walks away, Archer passes him, gives Trip a look. And I thought, oh, oh, maybe Archer's going to be a good friend here. Maybe Archer knows what's going on. Maybe he's going to try and persuade her to go along for Trip's sake. And then, you know, it kind of goes along that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's being a good friend. He's being... And then he says, you can be my date. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. <laughs> That outrageous was behavior. How are they friends? So funny. Worst friend, worst captain. I, I was 
disgusted. And then, and then Trip has to sit behind them in the movie theater and watch as they share popcorn. It's bullshit. I was furious. <laughs> I was I furious. I would have never thought that you would be so invested in this relationship. How many times do we have to say, Andrea, that it was literally the first message I ever sent to you know. about this show was their chemistry. I know, but I don't know. I've always been so obsessed with fictional uh, relationships that it's weird to me when normal people are. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you calling me normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level of our relationship. Oh, thank you for calling me normal. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is bullshit. But yeah... I can't believe you're not as angry as I am. I'm I'm used to this. This is this is what queer baiting feels like <laughs> every I'm, day. I could not live with it. I could I'm so relieved I'm not queer because I could not live with this. Yeah, this is what queer baiting feels like. You're like, "Oh, they're finally gonna it's finally gonna happen. It's finally and then a straight ship is introduced and you're like, "But it doesn't make sense." So, I'm I think I'm just numb to it um but i have to say in the second scene when they're on the bridge on the little screen and trip's like come on come on and then she's like "Eh." and like you can see the disappointment yeah and he's so sad and he leaves and he gives archer a look like can you help me yeah can you help me yeah my brother can you help me and then it feels like it seems like Archer gets the message, right? Like, Archer's like, I got you, brother. I yeah. got you. No, he didn't got him. No. He didn't got no, him. he got himself. For what reason? Because nothing's going to happen between them. Like, I don't think Archer logically feels like he's going to get with T'Pol. Like, why would you ask her on a date? He could have been like, you could go with Drip as a date and then rub it in, her, in his face if you didn't like the movie. I would have done that. Yeah. But it, it's written as well. Like, they're clearly... I read it. They're clearly having this flirtation with each other. Like, to pull it in on it, that she's like, oh, I really don't want to go, but I also do want to go, but I have to pretend like I don't want to go. Yeah. It's bullshit. I, I, I'm fucking furious. Yeah, it did, I mean, I think it really is the vast amount of years I've been traumatized by shows not giving me the relationship that I, I wanted. If you ever watch Teen Wolf, which I don't think you would enjoy, but if you ever do, you will see. And even then, you won't understand the queer baiting because the show queer baited us for seasons on seasons on seasons. The actors were queer baiting us outside of the show, acting all coupled up for like premieres and award shows and shit. And the final movie that they made last year or the year before, listen, we don't talk about that movie. (laughs) It's offensive. Offensive. We're like, finally, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Tell me why Styles has a a kid or Derek has a kid. Styles is not on it. Styles gives his car to Derek's child. It's like, what are you? What are you saying? What are you saying? Absolutely disgusting. So I think I'm just this is okay because I know Endgame they're gonna be together. So it's like oh fine. Yeah, I just it's just wild. 
wildly. Yep. It's even wilder knowing that they're in them together because why are they bothering with this archer thing? I like I I just I honestly think that the showrunners wanted Archer and the Bolt together. And I feel like the fan base in 2002 were like, absolutely not. And I think that all the chemistry that Trip and uh, T'Pol have are the actors. Like, I don't think anybody told them to have that chemistry. I don't think anybody told them to try to have that energy and that, that chemistry. I think that they just vibed. I don't know. I, no, I and think... Yeah, because sometimes that happens. Yeah, no, I know. The actors vibe, and the fans were like, what are you doing with Archer? What are you doing? But no. Nobody wants this. No, no. I think it had to have been planned. I mean, under the first scene together was they were half-naked rubbing lube on each other. You don't write that unless you're like, these two are going to get together and these two are going to... You don't write that and then just by chance... Oh, this is weird that these characters have insane chemistry while half naked. Like what a what Do a Do you happy think that pilot was like an uh a scene they used to cast them? Like to see if they had chemistry? Like imagine if Archer's actor went for Trip's role and they had that scene and they were like, actually nah you don't no. <laughs> you don't work. It's I just I'm I'm baffled. I'm baffled. Babes, I'm so sorry that you're you're finding out what the baiting the relationship baiting is no i mean you know I, i'm sorry that i'm funny as well but you know it's, it's good for me to experience this because really straight baiting is not a thing you know no it's just a will they won't they and we know that they will eventually yeah <laughs> <laughs> eventually they will fuck yeah exactly but in this case they're straight and it's a will they won't they but archer is in the fucking way like yeah. who cares about you man Nobody cares about you. Definitely not to Paul. To Paul doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. And he, he gives her a look. It's either after she takes the popcorn from Archer or it's after she turns around to, to like give out the box for talking. And Trip gives her a look and it's like, oh, he's so heartbroken. He just he yeah, just wants to be sitting insane. where Archer is, right beside her. She, he, he wants her to be reaching for his popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so bad. Um, but yeah, would you say that Topol and Archer have a bromance? No, no, Paul and Archer right. have an acquaintance. Now you understand. Now you understand my an- <laughs> my anger because of you, your use of bromance. It's like no, that's not bromance. Um, no, no, Archer, no, no Trip, Trip and Reed have a bromance because there's no way in hell they're fucking. No. <laughs> so, so for context, in case I leave. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching Supernatural recently and I was mentioning to Andrea that they really rocketed up the the queer painting with Dean and Castiel in season 6 I mean literally there was just one episode and I was like whoa this is this has gone a hold up level of queer painting and I referred to it as a bromance and I was very corrected but it's not a bromance it's queer painting Castiel and Sam have a bromance yeah. because they're close they're friends and sometimes they can get a little too close that's why the romance is there but they're not they're bros they're bros but Castiel and Dean they're fucking they just don't know yeah. they don't know they're fucking so yeah that's the context of that so yeah Trip and Reed 
have a bromance. We wish the Paul and Archer had a bromance. We wish. No. I wish. No, I, yeah. don't, I don't want her to have anything with Archer. They have a, a, bromance. a, work, a, a professional work relationship, and that's it. That's all I want. <laughs> they don't like each other. No. Fair enough. Do Paul and Hoshi have a bromance? Yeah, no. I want them to get. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but there's no there's no hint of that ever happening. They're not queer baiting us with it. No, I think. What would you say if that show was done today? If they were making Enterprise today, yeah, like if it didn't happen, not a reboot, like if it was first made today, yeah. Do you think Tapol and Hoshi would hit it off? I think they oh, would have yeah. to make Hoshi a commander. I think they might be tempted to go down that route, but obviously there is the sub commander and Hoshi's an ensign. That's why, like, if Hoshi was her, but a commander, would you think they would put them together? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe if it was made by CW. Like, I wouldn't mind to pull in Trip again, but like, yeah. I think if it was nowadays. Also, if it was nowadays, they would not have Archer flirting with her. That's disgusting. I mean, I say that, but then I love Kirk and Spock, so like... <laughs> <laughs> They're they're different. So yeah, we should probably talk about the... I mean, no, hang on, no. Because in the first conversation with Trip and DePaul, she even teases him about his harmonica playing. You know, there's not going to be a lot to do once we get there. Sensors will record everything automatically. You should have plenty of time to practice your harmonica. I know! That was going to be like my horny moment. Guys... Get a room. Literally, please, I'm begging you. Please, I'm begging you, get a room. Please, <laughs> get a room. And she's, she says to Fox, she's being coerced into going to a movie night. And, you know, coerced, wink, wink, we know. It's just sad because I want it so bad. And I know I'm going to get it. That's what's so sad. So it's just <laughs> like, just give it to me. Yeah. Anyway. Travis. We actually got a Travis Yeah, episode. actually, this was a Travis <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been asking for one Worst for so long. Travis <laughs> episode to have this as a sidebar because... But, yeah, so Travis was with his family. I remember in the first Travis episode of season one, where they encounter the other cargo ship, and I think Travis and Archer have a conversation about Family. I can't remember the context. I should have gone back to this the way I think you hinted up. You remembered this episode. I remembered his part of the episode. I did not remember the amount of flirting that the other two did. <laughs> which is which is strange. I don't understand. That Listen, I don't understand my memory I know, either. I mean, because I know your priorities, but sometimes your memory seems to forget your priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why. I think I have ADHD. It's not like I I delete things from my mind willingly. They just go. And then things come back and you're like, oh, right. How do you feel about the, this episode? Then? I don't like his brother. But I think he's a normal character for Star Trek, which is unlikable. And then he turns the, to the other side and l realize his mistakes and his way of doing things is not right. And he goes and repents. That's a very Star Trek thing to do. Yeah, it's a very it's a very old trope of the the jealous brother 
unhappy field abandons. Isn't he the older brother, though? No, I think he was younger. He looked older. He did look older. But I assumed he was younger because it was mentioned that Travis was being groomed for the captaincy. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. I, I did have sympathy for Paulo. A little bit. I disagree with his viewpoint that Travis abandoned his family. But I could also understand how if you're the captain of a ship and your dad dies and then your brother arrives home and starts making all these changes, I'd be a bit pissed off too. But I think he's pissed off because he ultimately think ultimately thinks that Travis abandoned them and that's wrong. So I think everything else that he feels is wrong. Not the mourning of his father and shit like that, but like if he was proud of his brother, he would be willing to take the advancements that Starfleet have done and that he's doing to their ship for free. Yeah, but I also think Travis should have had a bit more tact in how he went about doing it. His father also died. Yeah, I know. Like, he doesn't need to be tactful. I don't think you need to be tactful to the person. Like, to. Of course you do. I think they I mean... shouldn't be. They shouldn't need to be tactful to each other. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're going through the same shit, but. His brother has had weeks to adjust, and Trip only just found out. Got it. Oh my god! Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> same same initial letter means same person. Mayweather only just found out. So, I would be like, maybe have a little tag with Mayweather. Yeah, I would definitely have a tag with Mayweather, but I'd also I also think Mayweather should have tagged with Mayweather. Not making changes, and yeah, okay, you may think you know better, you may actually know better, but have a bit of diplomacy and maybe pretend like you don't necessarily know you know better. I don't know if I agree with that. Why would you dumb yourself down because your family's an idiot? Well, it's not necessarily dumbing yourself down, and um, I just think you should bear in mind that it's not your ship. And yeah, I disagree with Paul's wording that Travis abandoned to them. But he did make a different career choice, and therefore he has less right to come back and dictate what changes need to be made. But he's not being like, now the captain will work these hours, and the helm will work these hours. Like, he's not doing those changes. He's, he's upgrading the ship because he knows what the ship needs. No, but he's making changes to the ship, and how energy is fenced around the ship to what the different things. I don't know what you mean. Like, he's diverting energy to, like, things. Right. During an attack. And, well, in preparation for a potential attack. But, like, right. it's not his energy to divert. But he's not diverting it now. He's, diver he's like, in case of an attack. I think he should be playing Paul. Okay. We're having a disagreement. Yeah. I think Travis Mayweather was right. And you think he wasn't. I think he was right. I just don't think he approached it correctly. I think he needed to be more diplomatic. But he's not a diplomat, he's a pilot. He keeps going on about all these lessons he's learned from, from Starfleet about how to run a ship. He has a crush on Archer. They've got a bromance. Yeah, a bro, a bro crush. He's like, yeah, because Archer this and Archer that and an Archer whatever. And you're like, that's so cute, he's a baby. I did get emotional when Archer is telling Travis about the letter that his dad wrote to him. Me too. So fair play to this episode for that. They they knew how to pull on my heartstrings. Beep beep. 
Because yeah, I mean, I, another another traumatic event that Star Trek kind of glosses over, and that we'll probably never hear about again. But can you imagine, like, not you know, your dad dies, and you don't know, you don't find out for like six weeks later, and that you missed it completely. I mean, that's just horrific. I mean, I'm not the best person to answer that because, yeah, I don't like my family, um, and I don't have a father, so. But yeah, if you died and I didn't find out for six weeks, yeah, because of my work, I'd leave my work. Right. If my work is preventing me from learning about what's going on, I guess I'm not a space explorer. Yeah. Maybe if I was, I maybe it was maybe if I was an enterprise, I wouldn't quit. But like, <laughs> I would ask for a for a leave. Andrea, if if you ever get into Starfleet, okay, <laughs> and if your work with Starfleet ever prevents you from learning about my untimely death, I give you permission <laughs> to continue working for Starfleet, okay? <laughs> you don't have to... Only in the case of working for Starfleet, though. <laughs> I wouldn't deny you that Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, it was, you know, good family tension. I always... I, I like the like the previous episode with the cargo freight. I do like the idea of that lifestyle. I mean, I think I'd actually hate it. But I think, you know, you could make, and this is going to come up in a bit else, you could make a good sitcom about a partnership like that, all these people living together and having to work and socialize together. Yeah. Also, the white lady that comes into his room. Oh, she totally wants him. I think they've wanted each other mutually before. She's like, how are you feeling? Do you need a shoulder how to cry? How are you? Oh. I miss you. Things haven't been the same without you here. Aren't you a little bit old for this? And now we know how Travis Mayweather acts when he has sexual tension with someone, and we can compare that to his interactions with Ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I want them together. Do you think it was the same? Do you think he acted the same way? No. no. I was going to say, I think he and Oshie have a bromance. Yeah. You know the way he's always playing those pranks on her? <laughs> yeah, he's a prankster. Uh, Travis. Travis. You 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 jester. You joker. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good episode. Did I mean the, the, the tracking beacon, did they remove that at the end of the episode? They didn't, because I think at the end he's like, Oh, are you sure you don't want us to help you remove that tracking beacon? No, I think they did. I think he was like, Do you want Reed to look at that? And they were like, Thank you. I think they did. Because Reed has a really good record in removing things tracked. Listen, better better than the rest of the crew. Better than the rest of the crew. Travis has a map of the stars. And I thought that was fun because we talked about previously how we would have liked a map of the stars. And I would still like a map because I don't know where they are in relation to anyone. There's no relative direction in the vastness of space. Well, there's no relative direction, but they were close to this Klingon Empire again last week. But yet they're still further than anyone traveled before. But also, there are other humans out here. I think Star Trek, the company, are losing money by not giving us a space chart. Yeah. Like an official space chart. Yeah, but I also think that they're giving themselves the freedom to say, oh, we haven't been here yet. I think if they... I mean, but they can do shows. Like, they can do... Okay, so in Enterprise, they went here, 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 and here. Yeah, but I think it's too late, because I don't think they had a chart when they were doing that. And I think if you actually sat down and tried to create a space chart... You you can't make it up. It's science 
fiction. You can't make it. I'm not gonna be comparing it to real stars in the sky. No, but I'm just saying. But like, you'd have to create a star chart. You'd have to make up a star chart. I'm sure they they have it. I am sure they have it. I haven't finished. You have to create and make up an entire star chart that fits with all the adventures of every single Star Trek show ever. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's going to be contradictions there. I think some some somebody would be Bitch, like, there are online. Really? There they are. Yeah, there are different ones. Different just ones. Just make different exactly. ones. But I don't need and I don't need one. I can be. I can. I can get another one. <laughs> I don't need consistency. I want official things from Star Trek. But if it's it's official, then it's going to be consistent. It's a Star Trek. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. What are you talking about, Andre? All the aliens look exactly the same from series to series. There's never any difference mm-hmm. between alien races. Yeah, the Klingons oh, yeah, always no, the are same. Constantly all the same. Yeah. Vulcans are always green. Yeah, humans are always white. Exactly. I think I I that's what I want from them. That's my Christmas miracle for whatever whenever they do it. So should we go to the awards note? Was there anything else you wanted to say about Horizon? Just give me Trip and Vol together already, please. Thank you, Anna. Space map, please. Star Trek. Speaking of tact and sensitivity, I think Trip was lacking because Travis's dad just died, or he just found out that his dad had died. And you're asking him for a tour? Well, Trip was asking Archer for help with a lady, and Archer didn't care. So well, I think is, this is my other he point. was just annoyed. I, this was before that Archer talked about him. And I was like watching that scene, and I was like, Trip, what are you doing? You've got a date. You can't go touring or work that mission. It's just not possible. He it's didn't have a date. For you. He didn't have a date. My other note was that I didn't appreciate Mary Shelley being described as the wife of the a wife. famous poet. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Like, if you can't even name the poet, I think you can just say she's Mary Shelley. <laughs> yeah. Also, I started reading Frankenstein and then ADHD happened. So, what I know of Mary Shelley is that she was married to a famous poet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? I don't know. Um, but isn't Frankenstein a metaphor for her life being trapped as something that was considered less than the person who created her? Like, isn't it a metaphor for her experience as a woman who is a wife of someone? Yeah, probably. I don't, I, I don't I've never read it. And I'm sure there is a reading. I'm sure there is a reading of it like that. I'm pretty sure that's what she meant when she wrote it. Maybe, possibly, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so now, next up, uh, when I meet the doctor and we go back, I'm meeting Mary Shelley and I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> After killing my firstborn uh, yeah. son to die. Secondborn, bye-bye, hello, Mary Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Mary Shelley. <laughs> yeah, I think she intended that to be the point, which is very funny when, at the end of the episode, they're talking about the movie. Yeah, I like and that. Paul is like, I actually love this this yeah. movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited for it. the next I'll one. I'll and watch this who are visiting Earth because, yeah, this is what humans They will understand what humans feel like yeah. when they're threatened with a, a foreign person. 
From my perspective, this was the story of an individual persecuted by humans because he was different. That's one way of looking at it. In many ways, the film seemed quite prophetic. The reaction of the villagers, for example, it was similar to the reception Vulcans received after landing on Earth. I'm going to recommend that Ambassador Saval watch the film. You're kidding. I believe it would help Vulcans who've recently arrived on Earth. Also, Frankenstein's monster was actually green. I mean, they may be green if it was rotting. Possibly, yeah. It's it's made of dead bodies. I'm not like, give me green people. <laughs> More Gamoras in this world, please. Yes. Anyway, let's go to the awards. Awesome. Let's do them together. Spin-off of a character, as we've said, or as you've, as you've said. A spin-off of the cargo ship. I like a spin-off of the cargo ship. Also, I don't know if this is allowed. Can I have a spin-off of Captain Jonathan Archer? So that he has his own show and just stops cock-blocking trip with the Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get the fuck out, get your own shit, and leave everybody else alone? Captain Archer to Shuttlepod 1, please. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. I would like that. But yeah, the car- the cargo ship, I think that would be a cool spin-off. I like a, a yeah. concept in the cargo ship. Yeah, me too. Horniest moment, I was thinking of the harmonica one. Yeah. That was very horny. Yeah, I mean, that whole scene. That, like, the whole interaction between them before Archer gets in the way. Yeah. But, like, the harmonica is like, how do you know he plays the yeah. harmonica? How do you know? I mean, yeah, that whole scene of... You should come to the movies, it'll be fun. And her like, I don't think so. But ask me one more. Yeah. One more time. Oh, he's probably one of his moments of the season. I think that could be a top contender. Line on a t-shirt. I don't have anything from either episode. Me neither. Nothing stood out to me. Will this be, or will these be, a contender for best of worst episodes? Um, Judgment? No. A horizon could be a contender for best. Considering how the rest of the season has gone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's made me cry, so. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel something. Yeah. Cry, <laughs> anger. Twice. It made me feel something twice. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's good going. And it's also, like, giving more information about a character that we previously didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know Trip played harmonica. We didn't know Mayweather had a brother. No. Or I didn't remember anyway. And is this an episode, or is any of these an episode you would recommend a new person getting into Star Trek? I wouldn't, simply because if you get a taste of Trip and Paul flirting and then realize that that is just one time, I think I would be murdered. Also, if you get a taste of the complete lack of chemistry between Archer and Paul and the show still trying to force that, I think you'd be like, what the fuck is this show doing? This this doesn't know what it's doing. These writers have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. So that's all. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week with the next episode. Also, Happy New Year. Oh yeah, Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> yeah. We didn't say, I mean, there's an episode coming before this, but this is the first episode that we've recorded after the New Year. So 
Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, TikTok, and Instagram at potmeupscotty or email us at potmeupscotty at gmail.com if you're an astrophysicist or if you just want to say hi. Yeah. Thank you so much with uh, my cat playing with the ball in the background. Thank you so much. There's no fucking bell on it. <laughs> there is a bell on it. Yay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Scotty, come in. Ready to beam up. Beam us up home.